Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. I know we've been having a laugh about how we're down here and we're sort of here for work, but some of you have yeah, suspicions that we're really just on a golfing boys trip a la Daisy and Liss. But seriously, look, don't think there isn't a sporting element to what we are doing down here. You could even say that we might be the advance party early contingent. Just checking on the Millbrook Greens ahead of the 102nd 102nd edition of the New Zealand Golf Open, which is to be held at Millbrook Resort between the March the 31st and April the 3rd of 2022. John Hart is the chairman of the New Zealand Open, of course, former All Blacks coach, absolute champion, also a, ra- a horse racing man. He joins us on the line now. Good morning, Hardy. Good morning, boys. How are you? All the better for talking to you, my friend. Yeah. We're just down here at Millbrook working out, you know, if if the invite's coming through on the email in any stage, told Izzy and Baz. <laughs> I, I'm checking daily, think Hardy. There, I'm checking I, daily. I did think there could be a uh, ulterior motive to this call, but um, you know, it's very nice, very nice to hear from you. And I must say, you're still on the list, which is really good. The list hasn't oh. been finalised, but you're still on it. Um, but you know, so you know, you can keep your hopes up a little longer. Yeah, I like it. I yeah, like thanks, Hardy. Hey, um, Hardy, all, all seriousness, it's been obviously COVID's been challenging for a lot of different businesses and sporting organisations, etc. But from from your point of view, the the constant need to juggle and pivot and try and get things locked and loaded to still host what's what's the premier sporting or golfing event in New Zealand it's just must have been must have been such a headache. But you look like you're close now. Yeah, it's been a really difficult time and, um, you know, we are trying, doing everything we can to, to hold the event and give ourselves every opportunity to do so. Um, you know, I think it's something that New Zealand needs. Events have been cancelled throughout the country, continue to be cancelled. Um, yeah. And we think that this gives the country something to look forward to, particularly but to Queenstown, because yeah, Queenstown's yeah. had such a really hard time through COVID. And... Um, so, yeah, we're working really hard, um, but we're in the hands of government. In the end, um, it will depend on what, you know, what alert levels of many are uh, working, uh, what's the availability or the accessibility for people to come into the country um, yeah. with minimal um, isolation requirements. So, you know, we sit each day planning. We've, we're, we're making sure that we're going to put on a great event, but we're still in the hands of government. Yeah, interesting you mentioned about Queenstown there as well, Hardy, because I took the cab from the airport out to Millbrook um, yesterday evening to come and catch up with Izzy here at, at the resort. But the taxi driver I was speaking to, he's a he's been a born and bred local, and he mentioned just the impact of COVID on the tourism sector here and how Queenstown just ground to a halt and effectively has been government-funded. So how, having such an event like the New Zealand Open, it must be something for them to just grab onto, and, and have they really sort of gotten behind you to help out as well, the the local? Um... Absolutely. I mean, we have received fantastic support from the area, uh, and particularly from the Queenstown Regional Events Fund, which has come in and given us some money to help. Because you know, 
we face the loss of a lot of our international sponsors if they're not able to travel. And that's mm-hmm. a lot of our income, you know, but yeah. probably 60, 65% of our income now comes from international uh, sponsors. So, you know, we're working, um, we need that local help. We need government help to get this across the line. Um, and so I've got to say that the, the local support we've had from uh, the Queenstown people and Queenstown community um, gives us more enthusiasm to make sure we don't let them down. Hey, Hardy, Izzy here, mate. Great to have you on, on, on the show. Hey, I want to talk to you about overseas players and sponsors. Potentially, uh, we, it's, you know, it's unknown and we don't know if they're able to attend. If they aren't able to attend, would the competition and New Zealand Open, would that still be you know, a, a viable option going forward if, if they're not able to, to be able to attend? Well, we've, um, we've, we've spoken to all our sponsors and kept in close contact and... Um, we have agreed that in the event that international travel um, from Asia is not possible because um, a lot of, as you know, a lot of our major sponsors are from Korea, from Indonesia, from Hong Kong. Um, if that wasn't able to happen, then uh, we would look still look to run a tournament based on an Australasian uh, field. And um, that means, of course, that travel between New Zealand and Australia has to be uh, on, and that's a minimum we require, really, is for that to happen. Um, so we are planning on, you know, an international tournament or an Australasian tournament. Or, worst-case scenario, we might even consider and go with a New Zealand-only tournament, but that would be a different, uh, totally different uh, context in terms of um, the, the amount of people the size of a field and also, you know, the prize money. So working really hard and, and you know, the, the thing that I love about where we are at the moment is um, our international sponsors are saying to us, you know, we will support you in some way um, even if we're not able to come. So that's got to say, you know, that shows that we're in pretty good standing. Um, and I'm, I'm really confident that we can hold a tournament as long as, I, as, long as government um, doesn't impact on us in any negative way. Hey, I just want to talk to you. How, how proud are you at the moment of, of the current success of New Zealand golfers? A lot of golfers that have played in the New Zealand Open and have actually gone on on the big stage, and not just New Zealand golfers. I look at Lucas Herbert mm. and seeing his success around the world. Is that a big part to why you run this event as well, mate, seeing the success in golfers go on and, and achieve big things? Well, we, we, we obviously try to um, we try to create an event that gives great exposure for New Zealand and New Zealand golfers, but also international golfers, because it's very much now an international tournament. You know, we have um, the tournament is in, uh, on the Australian tour, it's on the Asian tour, has a relationship with the Japanese tour, uh, and also the Korean tour. So, I mean, um, it is an international, it has international standing. You know, probably the, the most uh, incredible thing for me, and thing that gives me most satisfaction is my former partner that I played with a few years ago, Steve Elka. I mean, just yeah, look good. what he's done on the Champions Tour. And I was in contact with him yesterday and he, he, uh, he's confirming to me that if there was any, if his schedule allows, he will be doing everything possible to come to New Zealand and play in the Open. Well, that would, you know, that's fantastic because that guy's, you know, what a tra- he was, he was oh, looked upon as a journeyman and, and a tradesman. And now, you know, he, He's playing with Phil Mickelson and taking him to fire. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, what would be the chances of getting him back? I know you just spoke about it, but that would be a great kid. He's just given us all, all us old players hope going forward that age is not a number. Age is only just a number, Hardy. 
<laughs> you're not thinking of you're not thinking of coming back and playing rugby, is he? I mean, age is a number. But, you know, well, let's be honest, age is a number, but it's a number that knocks some over too. But yeah, it can work. It can work, and it can work in golf, mate. It certainly does. And I agree. I mean, this is a fairy tale story, isn't it? It's yeah. just unbelievable to see what he's done. Not you'd think maybe once he's done, he's done it five, what six, seven weeks in a row, virtually. So. Yeah. Fantastic. But he's very Speaking keen to come because. He's um, and he'd be a real jaw card for us. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's flying around the world at the moment, making a couple of dollars as well. <laughs> Speaking of dollars and numbers, um, Izzy bought his first horse last night, Hardy. I know you're a mad, a mad, mad racing man. How's your racing team going at the moment? Uh, ours is a bit slow at the moment, is he? I just want you to know that that it's not all fair on skittles in this game. So if Baz has if Baz has made you buy a racehorse, I'm very I disappointed. <laughs> I can't believe that. I mean, I can't believe he'd take you down that journey. But anyhow, oh. no, great fun. I mean, the racing industry is great fun. And I, we, we've got horses going around, but not, not many at the moment. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let's move on to another subject then, something which has been quite hot on our show recently. What about, I hope you don't mind asking uh, us asking you about what you think on, on how the All Blacks are going at the moment? Not at all. I mean, um, you know, I, 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 as a former coach, I've got to say, I, I stand and watch what happens and when the All Blacks have a loss. Um, mm. You know, the knives come out and, and all of a sudden they're failures and they can't do this, they can't do that. And, uh, you know, I think we've got to remember that if Akira Ioani's try had been given, which I thought it should have, um, yeah. uh, the All Blacks were in front 27-26. Um, mm. And maybe, go, and would I think would go on and win it. So it's it's just at the margins are pretty small. But I I I, I did think that um, I thought I feel I know the defensive uh, performance was um, you know outstanding. But I did think some of them looked a little tired. Some yeah. of the forwards might have come to the end of their run. So I would expect the impossible will make a, a number of changes this week because I just think the tours caught up with a few. Um, it's been a hard tour. I don't. I don't think people understand. You know, if you lock down most of the time and 14 weeks away, 15, whatever it is, yeah, that's a long time and it's hard work, and particularly for those who aren't playing a lot. So, uh, you know, I the country's got to get behind them this weekend. Um, it'll be great to get up because I think the French have a team I see as potential World Cup winners in, in 223. Um, yeah. I think they're young. I think they're athletic. Uh, they're on the way up, um, and it'll be a huge challenge and. A bigger challenge without probably our most experienced backs in, in Bowden Barrett and Anton mm. Leonard Brown. That that makes it hard, um, but it's an opportunity for others. Um, it wouldn't, yeah. you know, I think Quintipo is likely to get a run, possibly could get a run. Uh, hopefully, Aaron Smith plays because I think we were lacking badly in that area. Um, yeah. And if he played, that, that 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 will certainly overcome some of the leadership and. Um, experience loss but I think I'd, I'd see some changes and um, you know I I think they'll step up but what we do have to recognise the Irish played fantastically well I mean yeah, yeah. they were not only physical uh, they were skillful um, and you know probably in the way the game went they deserved to win yeah no you're right Hardy you're right Hardy I think they defended really well and I'm expecting a few changes as well I'm thinking Aaron Smith will start at nine Potentially, hopefully, maybe Sam Kane going at seven and maybe Kiriwani adding some physical dominance at six and seeing a bit of a backlash this weekend. Hey, quickly, before we let you go, mate, 
how are the Blues tracking? I know you got your firm hand on the Blues and Leon McDonald and, and the squad shaping up for next year's uh, Super Rugby Pacific competition. Are you happy with how things are transitioning in, in Auckland there? Yeah, I look, uh, Blues had a great year this year in terms of yeah. you know, the way we finished. And uh, I think we've recruited really well. And uh, mm. our squad will be announced, like, you know, this is about to be announced, obviously. And uh, yeah. we've got a, I think we've got a strong squad. Um, the addition of Joe Smith to our coaching team, um, you know, as a support coach is fantastic news for us. And, uh, you know, we're very positive about uh, 2023, but, you know, it's still... Yeah. It's in 2022, but it's another year. You know, it's mm. just, you've got to start again, and you can't just say, "Well, we had a good year this year; it'll happen again." It won't. But I'm, I'm very confident in our uh, our management, our coaching team. I think on and off the field, we're doing a lot well, a lot very well, and uh, we're populated by really good people. So I'm hoping for a big year for the Blues in 2022. Yeah, just just quickly touch on that Joe Smith signing, mate. What will he bring? I and mean, I know he's very close with with Leon McDonald. And just before we let you go, just quickly on Joe Smith, like, how'd you get that over the line for one? You're full of surprises at the Auckland Blues. And two, what, what would he add to the squad and Leon and, and the younger coaches, young defensive coach McGrath? Well, I make no secret that I've been uh, talking to uh, Joe for three years. So um, <laughs> I've been trying to get him to the Blues for a long while. And, uh, yes. you know, finally, when he decided he'd like to put his toe back into coaching, um, we had an opportunity uh, with Tana going. Um, yeah. He'll bring experience. We've got a very young coaching team. Um, mm. Other than Tom Coventry, you know, our, our coaching team's very, very young. He'll bring experience and support to Leon. Uh, Tana was a very big strength to Leon. And, yeah. and, and, and there's no doubt that um, Joe will bring that. He's got experience. He will lead the defensive program. He will grow uh, uh, Craig McGrath as a coach under him. So I think it's a really, it's a really good um, appointment for, for the Blues and for our coaching staff. Yeah, beautiful, Hardy. I've, I've caught it already. Crusaders, Blues, final. I've picked it going <laughs> forth in this year. It'll be outstanding, mate. Hey, really appreciate your time, John Hart. I know you're a busy man, but um, Thanks, we, look, we look forward to chatting to you soon. We look forward to getting that email very shortly. Thank you so much. <laughs> See you, boys. And, uh, thank, and make sure you keep enjoying my most favourite place in the world, Melbourne. Bye. Oh, it is beautiful. Yes. Thanks, Hardy. Take care. Yes, so as Hardy just said, as Hardy just said, we are staying at Millbrook Resort right now, and it's the ultimate five-star luxury resort, Baz. The ultimate and world-class golf as well is Millbrook's Resort's two 18-hole championship courses will be open to the public 3rd of January 2022. Put that one on your calendar, and they are a feast for the senses. Golfer's paradise. I had a wee hit on that new nine yesterday, mate. It is absolutely outstanding. So you won't be let down from that. It is so, so good. So anyway, come and explore two of the most beautiful 18-hole courses in the world with Millbrook's Resort. New stay and play package. The multi-award winning Millbrook Resort. Visit millbrook.co.nz to find out more and book your next day that is Millbrook and that was John Hart I love getting Hardy on the show he's mm. such a champion bloke he's so well rounded doing magic things for New Zealand golf still across obviously rugby right throughout New Zealand and the Auckland Blues as well so look forward to watching them play this year and we appreciate John Hart joining us on the show as well I guess one uh, one thing I sort of picked up then is when he mentioned about the World Cup and mm. still being able to win the World Cup if you look at Australia in the most recent T20 World Cup. They lost their last five series going into that World Cup. Mm. So what's more important, to win bilateral series 
or to win the World Cup. World and Cup. maybe in New Zealand, we're used to dominance throughout the All Blacks yeah. all year round. And maybe the rest have caught up and we should be changing, shifting our, our thought process to now saying, well, our, our, our main goal is the World Cup. Mm. We're going to have to lose a few games and a few series along the way. Yeah. But to make sure our systems are ready to roll come World Cup time. Let us know what you think on double eight, double three. Coming up, we're going to talk some rugby. We're going to talk some Taranaki rugby. Taranaki lacked the championship in the regular season in this year's MPC, finishing on 39 points, which would have had them, had them top of the premiership too. How good. It'll mean nothing to the men in amber and black, though, if they can't finish the job in Inglewood this Saturday against a determined Otago side in the championship final. Teorangi Walden is the captain of Taranaki and he's playing outstanding as well. I must say, old Tate, and he's with us this morning. Morena. Kia ora, Izzy Dick. How are you, man? I'm good, my brother. How are you, bro? I'm good as, good as. Good to hear from you. You too, you too, mate. How's the week been? You, you boys have been outstanding throughout the season. You must be very proud as, as a captain. Yeah, man, it's um, oh, exciting times, finals footy. Um, not many people get the chance to, to play in a final um, at the NPC level. So, yeah, pretty mm. stoked um, for the boys and, yeah, looking forward to it. It's been a good week so far. Mate, um, tell us about this year. Tell us about this year. What what has really clicked for you and the Amber and Blacks? You know, like you you, you had a you had pretty tough year last year. This year you're playing yeah. outstanding, undefeated. You know, what, what do you pinpoint that to? It's a, it's a hard one. I've been asked that quite a few times, to be honest. But um, yeah. it's sort of been sort of in, been building for about three years now. We've sort of been together. And um, like you said, we've sort of struggled the last few seasons. Um, but we've kept the same sort of group together, which is it goes a long way. And um, the boys have just yeah, really connected this year, built a good culture and um, no, playing some good footy. And I think the difference on the field, the boys aren't scared to have a crack. They're just sort of throwing the ball around. And um, probably the main thing is just having fun out there, eh? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. It looks like you guys are having a lot of fun, mate. I remember the the regular season game against Otago. It was a tough one. It was a tight yeah. little battle down there in Dunedin, yeah. mate. So, have you spoken about this week and and doing your, the rights from wrongs from the last match when when they put you under a lot of pressure, particularly they scored some great tries. What has been the main yeah. messages this week? Yeah, Otago's a tough team to play. Um, obviously, I've got a quite a good relationship with a lot of those boys, and they've got some talent in their team and. They're definitely hitting hitting their straps later in the season too. So um, we're definitely aware of that. But um, a lot of our focus has been on us. When we've got our game going well, we, uh, we've been good this season and probably just sticking to our strengths around um, our skill set and uh, yeah, moving the ball, I guess. But uh, this weekend, yeah, it's going to be a whole new challenge, finals footy. Um, there's going to be some big moments. So we're just making sure that we stick tight in those moments and yeah, just play, play, play what's in front of us, I guess. Hey, Tarangi, it's uh, Baz here, bro. Hey, um, the, the message to the boys during the week, is it is it just more of the same as just another game or is it, come on, lads, this is finals time, it's time for us to sort of step up and, and get, get stuck yeah. in here? Yeah, I think it's quite important to get that balance right, eh? We've got a lot of young boys in our team and you sort of don't want to focus too much on, on the finals footy sort of thing, but also that's the excitement sort of side of it. But... Um, it's more of just sort of doing what we have been good at, um, focusing on, on those things and just, yeah, backing ourselves there. But um, that's probably been another strength of ours this year as our young boys have really stepped up. So I'm looking forward to seeing them out there this weekend, especially in the final, and, um, yeah, putting their best foot forward. 
What would it mean for, for the region, you reckon? Obviously, the, for the boys, it would be pretty special. But what about the region of Taranaki? What are you, oh. if, you, if you boys were to achieve this, what would that mean to them? Oh, it would be massive, to be honest. Um, it's been yeah, a tough few years with COVID for everyone in New Zealand and, and around the world as well. So this is sort of one of those things that we'd love to go out there and win, win this for them. Um, for all their support, we've got some great fans here in Taranaki, some absolute characters. So... Yeah, to, to get a win this weekend would mean a lot for us as a team, but for, for the region as well. They love their footy around here, so, yeah, we'd love to do it for them. Oh, nice, mate. Well, let's talk about you. I know you're a humble man. You probably don't want to talk about yourself. But, mate, be very, very impressed with you. And, obviously, you're, you're, a, you're a born natural leader. You're leading the squad. Um, have you been pretty impressed? Like, you know, try not to be humble here, but you're happy with how you're tracking and, and things are going for yourself, say? Yeah, no, no. Like, like you said, I'm absolute battler, and I'm just sort of. I, I love the leadership. You're not a battler. Say I've, that. I've got, <laughs> I've got, I've got those people around me like Stevie, and it just running the clinic out wide. So, um, yeah, I just focus on my what I do well, and just the basics, and yeah, the leadership side of things. But I, I'm enjoying it, Izzy. Um, like coming back yeah. from the injury, I was out for sort of ten months, and yeah. you sort of go through some tough times, and just to be back out there playing some constant footy is um, is awesome for me. And just having fun again. I'm just enjoying, enjoying being out there with the boys. Each week's a new opportunity. And especially when you're winning, it makes makes life a lot easier. So um, we've been riding that wave quite well. But, yeah, this week's a whole whole new ball game. Eh? We've, we've got to be prepared. And Otago are going to come up all guns blazing. So I don't want to do too much talking before the game. and let, let the game sort of take care of itself, hopefully. <laughs> mate, we know how, how grumpy old Barnsley is. How's he been this week, mate? <laughs> and, and let's be honest, like, mate, we saw how grumpy he was when there was no promotion relegation match, but how's oh, he been, man? Mate? <laughs> he's, a, he's a special character, Barnsley. I've um, got to know him over the last few years, and no, I love, love his coaching style. He's he tells us how it is, which is awesome. Um, even though we've been winning games, we're still getting f bombs dropped in our um, reviews, <laughs> and he keeps us he keeps us on our toes. That's for sure. So he's constantly challenging us as a leadership group, and he just wants the best for us. So now I, I like the way he's rolling, but he's pumped up for finals 42, which is cool. So um, yeah, hopefully we can do a good job for him. He's put a lot of work, and he loves his code. That's for sure. Yeah, nice. Hey, mate. Uh, just quickly before we let you go, yeah. Uh, you have a wee dabble on the horses or, or what? <laughs> Mate, I've got a wife that doesn't rate the, the TAB, so I'll find got to be careful. But um, no, nah, she, she's actually probably got better tips than I do. I've, I've been pretty quiet this year. Um, like I said, had no contract last year, so there's not, not enough money in the bank account to be blown on horses. I've got to be a bit smart. But hey, I know, I know you like to dabble, so any tips, just flip them my way, bro. <laughs> Baz has got you one. Oh, not yet, not yet. Oh, We're yeah. gonna see what the text like. Izzy will text you anyway, and we'll let you know. I'll let you know, oh, brother. Hey, you... just a quick one before we before we let you go. I'm a yep, uh, yep. coach in, in another life as well. I'm quite intrigued what you said about Barnsley. That no matter, even though he's still winning, he's still yep, riding yep. you guys quite hard. Do, is that like? Do you, does the environment appreciate that as well? Like that that he's quite yeah. a firm type of coach. I, yeah, I think I, I enjoy that. And I think most players enjoy that. Just sort of, you don't want to get complacent in this competition. Every any team can win on the day. So, yeah, if we just sort of got a bit complacent and didn't work as hard as during the week, um, you just sort of let little things go and your standards drop, and and that goes out onto the field as well. So, um, yeah, it's awesome just to keep each other accountable, I guess, at trainings and make sure we're always working hard to be better. Um, 
Because yeah, there's always things you can improve on, that's for sure. Yeah, nice. Tehorangi Walden, Taranaki captain, mate. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Just one little bit of advice, mate. Just don't go to Hawks Bay. <laughs> don't go to Hawks Bay, mate. They're don't on holiday. Start, They're don't on holiday. <laughs> How do you say that? How do you say that? Yeah, don't get me started on it. Nah, mate. Good luck this weekend, mate. I, I think your, your team, you, you've, been the, you've been the setters all, all year. And uh, go, go out there and get the treats that you deserve, mate. So thanks very much, Tay. Appreciate it, Dan. Thanks for that. Awesome. Well, there you go, Baz. Teorangi Walden, mate. He's an absolute champion. He's just signed for the Hurricanes as well. He played for the Landers for a few years, so he's heading to the Hurricanes. So what an absolute champion. Great to have him on board. We've got a few. Um, we've got a few. So it was fascinating to chat that, eh? Like, mm. it's, it's interesting because you'd think, um, you know, from a coaching point of view, and we've, we've talked a bit about, say, the All Blacks in that environment too. Yeah. And it looks like, you know, they sometimes they might need a bit more of a rocket, or even say the black ferns. You yeah. know, the, um, how they're going, and, and just trying to work out: is it the cuddle, or is it the smack, is it the smack around the mm. around the butt that's required from a coaching point of view? So it's quite interesting to hear that that the environment quite likes the yeah. firm grip of of Barnsies, Yeah, so. it's good, eh? It's good, and you'll know that with um, with coaching. Like a lot of players, they react really well to that. Mm. Then a lot of players really go into their shells, and they don't want to let the coach down, so they actually start losing sight of the instincts, losing sight. Mm. They don't want to disappoint. They actually turn into robots. Yeah. Look, I'm just speaking on experience. Yeah, I was it's... probably one of those <laughs> players. It's a delicate. So, balance, mate, can right? you just give my ego a little rub? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you, mate. Oh, my warriors, man, through and through. Although they haven't signed a whale of free agents as of yet, they're still making progress, filling out their squad. One man who has returned to the Redcliffe space is club legend Stacey Jones, returning to fill an assistant coaching role. He leaves his post back in New Zealand working alongside our next guest, Tony Iroh, who's running the club's Pathways program and junior side. Tony's with us now on the show to chat all things Warriors and their future. Morena, Tony. Morena, man. How are you? Excellent, mate. Thank you for joining us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We appreciate your time and we look forward to chatting to you about the Warriors. Mate, what's it like working with a side which is dead set split across the Tasman at the moment? Oh, it's certainly been interesting and, you know, it's been a um, you know, a difficult two years for everyone and, you know, obviously um, you know, for, for our young men, we've, had, uh, we've still got about 80 or 90 boys in our system but uh, effectively, you know, they've been training for two years with um, little rewards. So, um, you know, we're hoping to um, hopefully get some games for them this year and uh, springboard them into, you know, get, getting onto a, a decent pathway again where we can uh, play the Australian teams a little bit more regularly. But certainly not having the NRL boys around uh, does make it uh, difficult. Um, but, you know, like, it's been difficult for everyone, so we just get on with it. Yeah. Yeah, just in terms of, um, obviously, you know, a lot of the group over in Australia still and then some back here. How many staff are actually back here working away back in, in New Zealand? Oh, we've just ramped up our uh, academy program last week. Um, so, you know, the ability to have uh, 25 in, uh, social distance groups. So we've been training in those groups of 20. Um so we've got quite a number of development staff uh, ready to go. We've um, got quite an ambitious program planned for 2022. So, you know, we've already got a trip planned for two teams to, to go to um, a tour uh, Queensland in uh, April. Uh, there's a new 16s, 18s competition in February, March uh, in association with the Auckland Rugby League and New Zealand Rugby League. 
so we are reasonably busy. Um, we, you know, we're expecting, like most people, for things to open up a little bit more. And really, our ultimate goal is just to get these boys ready for 2023, where we're hoping to enter the um, New South Wales or Queensland competitions for those age groups. So. Yeah, a lot more staff than there has been in the previous year and a half. But um, like I said, with uh, 80 young men, and we're hoping to boost those numbers, um, you know, through the, through the pre-season, uh, we're certainly going to need some uh, hands on board. Mate, tell us about uh, it's Izzy here, Tony. Thanks for joining us, mate. Hey, tell us about the the academy and the junior Warriors uh, league sides in the past. We've always been there or thereabouts, playoffs, playing finals. You know, tell us about the, the importance of, um, of of the academy and the work that you do, allowing these young players an opportunity and actually getting them to the next stage, which is the ultimate goal of playing in the NRL. Yeah, yeah, thanks. So I, I, you know, the club, um, you know. Back in the, you know 2010, 11, and onwards, uh, when the under 20s first started, you know we we were the most successful team yeah. uh, in that competition, uh, and we're promoting a lot of uh, young men through the first grade honours. Um, and I think you know just over the last few years, we've suffered uh, through various reasons. COVID obviously being the biggest one, and we just haven't had a consistent competition program for those boys. So. You know, um, the boys want to play games at a high level. Um, they want to play it in an NRL jersey. And uh, we've lost a number of young men to Australian clubs just through that reason that we haven't been able to provide that pathway. But um, we're confident, you know, in the next uh, year or so when we can do that, that we'll be able to tap into those, uh, those kids again. Uh, as I said, we've got a big group there. There's some really talented kids. But, um, you know, to, to keep them motivated, to keep them developing, you know, to their potential, to make sure they're getting better. You know, we need mm-hmm. those tough games against the Australian lads. So, um, you know, it's, it's, we've got the talent here, undeniably. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like I said, we've just got to find them some games. And um, like I said, we're really, we're really hopeful of getting those games uh, next year for those boys. Um, you know, we've always, already got a couple of Australian teams who are looking to come here as well. So... All those, all those little parts where we can um, give them that competition, put them in a Warriors jersey is going to help with their development. Mike, how, how do like you've probably already answered that we need to play with with you know over in Australia, but for you, we have so much talent in New Zealand in the league since and with the under twenties, we've seen so many players. How difficult are you finding it right now to retain these players and actually keep them in New Zealand so we're not losing them to Australia and seeing them play for the the Panthers, the Manly Seagulls, the Raiders? You know how, how what what is needed to to be able to recoup and retain these players. Oh yeah, like like I said, just a consistent competition pathway. I think once the kids can see uh, where they're going um, and what they need to be doing, what games they need to be playing, what competitions they need to be playing, um, it's a lot easier to hold them here. I think you know for a lot of our New Zealand parents, they'd like their boys to be here um, because you know I know there's a, a big attraction you know over in Australia. There's 15 clubs over there, but you know it's uh, it's doggy dog over there. It's, it's not an easy place to be, especially if you're a 15 or 16-year-old. It's extremely competitive. Um, you know, we've got comp- competitive systems here too, but um, it's a lot easier to cope with when you've got your parents, um, you know, at home and a, you know, a home-cooked meal every night to come home to and a, and a bed you're comfortable in. So, um, you know, like I said, I think 
as long as we can provide these boys um, some uh, some competition, then um, we're confident we can keep the ones that we want to keep. Um, yep. To answer you know your question in terms of is it hard at the moment? Yeah, it is pretty difficult, but um, you know I think you know we've been uh, uh, really really pleased with the response of the boys at training over the last two weeks. We've managed to tie down a few boys um, that we think can um, t- can take the next step, um, you know, over the next few years, and we're hoping yeah. that continues. And um, once we get those uh, competitions guaranteed in 23, then we'd like to really ramp up that sort of recruitment strategy. Nice. Uh, we're chatting with Tony Iro here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Hey, Tony, a lot of what you're saying there, it seems it's more than just skill development. How much of what you guys do is is skill development and how much of it is actually life development and planning. And we know the pitfalls of, say, the NRL and, and maybe some of the dangers which come with the fame and the fortune. How much of that uh, is your job to prepare them to deal with that? Yeah, well, there's no skill development at the because we can't share equipment, so there's plenty of running development. I know that uh, <laughs> at the moment yeah, so they haven't. We've only been in for two weeks, obviously, but they haven't seen a football yet, and they're probably unlikely to see one for another two weeks. But, um, but aside from that, you know, in terms of the education, uh, it's a massive priority. I think you know, and we have uh, uh, Ben Henry, who works full time as our uh, welfare officer. Um, we've got Jerry Susu, who does a um, half a role between New Zealand Rugby League and, and um, the Warriors in terms of. Education, um, encouragement, and advancement, um, and careers. And I think you know when you look at uh, the numbers of of players that don't uh, manage to uh, graduate into the NRL program. You know about 98 percent of uh, most programs, those boys aren't going to see NRL football. So we've got to get them prepared for that. And I think the NRL is doing a pretty decent job in terms of um, you know education allowances. Most of those allowances are part of our boys' um, contracts. So whether that's paying for school fees if they're at a younger age, or tertiary education at a later age, and I know I know that you know most clubs also, and will be no different in, in that once those boys if they can graduate to those uh, under 16, 18, or 20 competitions, um, they have to be working or at school, so uh, or studying, so um, at a tertiary institution, so. Uh, they, if they're not doing that, then they're not playing. So, I think um, you know the boys, the boys, and the, and the welfare department are doing you know their, their utmost best um, to, to keep pushing these kids along. It's a real tough message sometimes for these kids uh, and their parents. Yeah. You know, when you're, you're telling them that you know you've got to be prepared. Plan A is education. Plan B is football. Because obviously yeah. most boys want to be NRL footballers. And it's just, I think, just reminded them of the fact of, of those numbers. You know, it's a very, uh, like most professional sports, uh, there's only a select few that can make it. Um, so yeah, we've, got to, yeah. we've got to make sure that, uh, you know, when they leave the organisation, they're, they're better equipped to um, to work on their plan A. Mate, love that. Love that, Tony Oro, mate. Really appreciate your time on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We know you've had so much success with the Warriors, Juniors, and the Academy. You're running there, the Pathways. Uh, little thing you're running there at the Warriors. So I really appreciate your time, mate. And hopefully we can see that success transition into the to the top side over there at Redcliffe's. Um, hopefully we can get a great season out of the Warriors, mate. But I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, guys.
Awesome, awesome. How good was that, mate? Tony Ira. Well, that's what you want to hear, really. Because yeah. I mean, and I love the honesty around not everyone can make it. So yeah. here's the numbers, lads. Yeah. So we'll do our best to support you and to mm-hmm. give you the resource and give you the opportunity. But here's the real the realism of the task in front of and, you. And, so. and it's the pressure. Like you get, you see a lot of parents out there. The pressure they put on the the younger kids. And, yeah. and I get a lot of it. A lot of questions thrown at me. Like, oh, my son's going to be an All Black, and I'm like. The reality is there's only been 1,100 All Blacks ever in 100 years. Like, so most like he's not. But have fun. Have fun along the journey yeah. and don't have set real high expectations on yourself because they're going to be potentially might be let down in the end of the run. So like, I love that about him. Hey, mate, life is important and uh, football is second. So great work from Tony Iroh. We've got Danny Ralston coming up from New Zealand Bloodstocks as the ready-to-run sales were on yesterday. But before then... Before then, tomorrow's Baz and Izzy's radio frequencies. Question number one. Question number one. Are you ready? How many championships did Michael Jordan win with the Bulls? How many championships did Michael Jordan win with the Bulls? The answer is six. The answer is six. So that is for tomorrow's Baz and Izzy's radio frequencies. And uh, also, yeah. We're going to get ripped straight into uh, Denny Rolston as we're going to talk about the ready-to-run sales bears. And I'm up and about because I'm excited. I'm owning half a leg, mate, so I'm into it. That's right. You're a horse owner, mate. Just turn that mic around there. Just so There we go. Thanks, brother. <laughs> That's right. Day one of the 2021 New Zealand Bloodstock ready-to-run sale at Tarapa this year is done and dusted. No doubt there is a bit of a relief felt across the board. It was a unique version of the sale, but it still was a hit with all the buyers and the sellers alike. And some of our th- premium premium thoroughbred flesh went through the ring. There's a couple of quick stats I want to give you from day one, which illust- illustrates positivity that we've seen in the industry. The average is up $35,000 to $130,000 per lot, with the overall turnover up from $7.8 million to $9.7 million. Now, Danny Ralston is Bloodstock Sales Manager for NZB, Absolute champion of a man as well, and he joins us here this morning. Good morning, Danny. Welcome. Good morning, boys. Thank you for having me on your show. Well, it's a pleasure to chat to you, actually, Danny. Mate, just a quick one. We'll get straight into it because Izzy's not going to be able to resist. Izzy bought a a share in Lot 21 yesterday. So you think Colt out of a Lonro mare. So he's up and about. His first first dip into the game. not Not that one. Tell me you didn't buy that one. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> no, no. That's, I'm just giving you a wine there, Izzy. That's a um, geez, he's a nice cult by the by the champion. So you think, and he had a lot of a lot of his dad about him. So if he goes off gallivanting all around the US and the, and Europe and Australia, winning Group Ones, you'll be uh, you'll be in fine feather with that top hat on, my boy. Oh man, I'm up and about, and I've got my hat on. It's on the floor now. Yeah, he's pumped. He is pumped, honestly. <laughs> and that's why the game does right. It just gets you up and about and, and right into it. Hey, mate, let's talk about the sale. It was there a bit of a relief amongst the the NZ Bloodstock crew today um, after after a successful first day of the sale. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there's always a bit of trepidation going into any sale, Baz, and um, this year was sort of. Uh, that, that on steroids, if you like. I mean, we were right out of our comfort zone. I mean, we've sold before with no international borders open and, and managed to um, to pull a trick. And then this year, of course, without being uh, having access to our world-class facilities in Auckland, um, you know, picking up the show and, and just moving for um, 
for a sale that we hope uh, turns over in excess of 20 million and, and between yesterday and today um, was no mean feat. So to get through day one was a was a good relief, but we're still um, we're still fully focused and 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 getting the rest of the um, rest of the sale completed and in, in good order today. Yeah, mate, it must have been a logistical nightmare. We've had plenty of guests on who have been involved, and we had John Hart on this morning talking about. Um, trying to organise the New Zealand Golf Open under these kind of um, COVID restrictions and travel borders, etc. What about for your sale, mate? Like, has how's it? How's everyone responded, vendors and purchasers alike, to to what you guys been able to do to try and get the sale online and successful? Um, the the road's not been easy, but it's probably uh, you know it's what's probably progressed is uh, you know with the first lockdown last year going into um, into Karaka in January twenty one, uh, you know that it was so unknown and there was a lot of um, a lot of uncertainty where we sort of um, you know as a company we we took the lead for the industry and we made some big calls and you know I think there was a bit of a feeling at, uh, out there amongst our customers and our and our buyers that we we got it right and our technology was robust and our systems were good so I think there's been a huge amount of faith and trust put in us by our customers and and they've been duly repaid with um, pretty good sales so far. Yeah, nice, Danny. Hey, I uh, really appreciate you on, on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Hey, mate, what were some of the highlights yesterday? I saw Dave Ellis uh, stamped his mark with Tiakau, the Savabile etiquette uh, horse there, mate, 640,000, <laughs> biggest one of the day. Were they some of the highlights? What were some of your highlights? Yeah, look, I, I mean, that's a, a story in itself, isn't it? Tiakau, they buy a Savabile cult, you just buy a share today. They send it to Jamie Richards. He gets it fit. Opie Bosson hops on it, and you win a Group One. I mean, it's, it's uh, <laughs> is it that like easy? It, it's easy, right? It is. Yeah, it's easy. Um, but no, I think the highlights really were, um, you know, everything going well. I mean, we were so out of our comfort zone in a different facility. With, um, you know, it's so important that our technology works and that our customers get well paid. And um, I think the highlight really is. Um, you know, turnover average median up so far. I mean, that was a real highlight. Um, we've got a fair bit of work to do with um, with with the clearance rates still ahead of us, but um, this is a really unique sale where day two is generally a lot higher clearing than day one, um, and then we see a bit of a um, bit of a feeding frenzy under some of those parking lots from earlier today, uh, earlier yesterday. So, um, I, I guess highlight really um, highlight really was was the the sale posting such good figures. Hey mate, before we let you go, we know you're a busy man and things are kicking into gear. Today, what what lots can we keep our our eye out for? Well, what we've done is we've made it real easy for you. We've got three real highlight horses there that are all they're all going to go off between about two and three pm. Um, they start with lot one nine five by Piero, lot two o two by Kerr and Canto, and two one eight by Sacred Falls. So they're three of the horses I think will be figuring in the press release at the end of today and. We've just done you boys a favour and put them in a nice little close lump there between well, two and three, so we don't take up much of your day. We were having a look at one nine five uh, yesterday, but it, the old mate went and bought. Don't tell anyone that. That's a bad pre-auction <laughs> strategy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we appreciate that, Danny. So lots one nine five two o two and two one eight. There might be the next golden sixty. Beat the clock, Mongolian can't turn me loose. Ginger nuts, Tiako oh, shark. Come just... on. Just to name a couple, the role of honour that comes out of the ready-to-run sale is quite something else and unparalleled or and un, un, well, without uh, peer anywhere else across um, this platform. So congratulations to you, mate. All the best for today. 
wish all our all our fans and our friends there at um, New Zealand Bloodstock uh, a really successful day. G'day to Seeps for us as well. Thanks heaps for joining us on Baz and Izzy. Danny. Thank you, boys. Love being on the show. Love what you do. Keep it up.